This thing right here yeah, yeah, is for yeah. my people's in the streets. <laughs> yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one mic. All right, welcome to RSG One Mic. This is D. Wills, uh, you know, here on our, our RSG platform. Um, always want to remind folks that all hosting callers are brought to you by uh, Patreon. you got to go to Patreon to support underground artists and, uh, and or performers. Uh, you can support RSG at uh, com forward slash RSG Live. Um, you can also find uh, everything at RSG at realsportsguys.com, um, and you connect with our Twitter, Facebook, other social media through that. Check out some of our videos, blogs uh, on there. And then, you know, always when you want to just listen to audio-wise, you can get on iTunes on, uh, on the, and uh, other podcast platforms. Uh, well, hey, game one is under, the, under our belt. Uh, the title of our show is Spicy P Goes Historic and the others go silent for the Warriors. And we'll get into that in our cipher. For those first-time listeners, we do a little open mic session to kind of warm up with some general topics. Um, and then we get in our cipher, which is kind of the meat of uh, the topic of our podcast uh, here, probably in, 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 within the next 10 uh, to 12 uh, minutes. Um, you can stay with us uh, with that, and uh, we kind of get in the meat of it. Uh, we also have other types of platforms on, on Real Sports Guys. We have our big show. Um, as well, hustle and flow, so those other things you can catch. But that's kind of this is one mic, and uh, so we want to thank you for being with us. Before I get going, I got to bring in one of my co-hosts, the other co-host, Hank, is under the weather. You know, old school. You know, he's getting old. He's under the weather. He couldn't hang with us uh, this week, but he'll be back for the next podcast. Uh, Bonnie Bainey Young and then Darnell, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Trying to make it through without the um, elder statesman. <laughs> he's gonna come back like Joel Embiid in um, Game Two, I think it was. When he was talking about, oh, when Mark, he had Mark Jackson talking about, um, if he if he goes through the end of his career without being one of the best big men of all time, then it'll be a crime. <laughs> but we'll make it through today. We'll make it through today, man. <laughs> and uh, you and I can go back and forth. Uh, so we're gonna enter the open mic. Um, and uh, our first item, open mic, you know, uh, we want to send our thoughts and prayers uh, out to uh, Howard Moore, assistant coach for University of Wisconsin. Those of you who follow RSG know that, um, you know, I, my other hat is working at the University of Wisconsin, very familiar with the athletic program. Uh, coach Moore, who we've had, I've had some reaction, uh, interaction with, but I've always known it to be just an incredible human being. Um, it was tragic, um, and just the irony of the fact of this accident happened right outside of my hometown, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, uh, he was there with his family, um, and uh, uh, his uh, daughter, Jaden, died uh, at the scene, and his wife uh, later died at the hospital, um, Jennifer. Uh, you know, just uh, it's heart-wrenching. Um, you know, his son, uh, Jarrell, survived, and uh, Howard is, is uh, back on the men's, but, you know, the, the whole Badger family um, and folks here uh, are behind him uh, and support him. Uh, it's going to be a long run, and I know a lot of folks in the uh, in the sports community, in particularly the uh, athletic coaching community, our, our um, college coach community, are, are there as well supporting him. And you, um, you heard, uh, you know, uh, Van Gundy last night. Um, uh, I believe he w- was uh, last night uh, mentioning it, uh, given you know Howard played um, at Wisconsin um, uh, at a time when uh, Stan Van Gundy was uh, a coach here. 
Um, and uh, obviously the Vanguard is finding me a very familiar. But this is someone who resonates with a lot of folks, and uh, we just want to be there and support. Uh, that's the kind of thing that we do uh, in the sports community. So uh, thoughts and prayers from everybody here at RSG. Um, you know, Marcus, a uh, game changer, you know, is a Wisconsin um, a native. Uh, his brother played at Wisconsin. So a number of us have ties uh, to the university. Uh, and, um, you know, anytime anything happens to anyone, it's, it's big. But when it gets close to home, it, it, it hits even uh, harder. Um, uh, on, on, a, on another side of this, it was, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit a lot about uh, what happened at Michigan, the basketball program. And Juwan Howard had his um, – you know, opening press conference and was emotional. Um, I found myself uh, getting emotional. I had a chance to kind of watch uh, kind of the the TV reunion of Juwan and uh, and Jalen, um, and just um, you know, um, you know, John Beeline built this program to what I would say, you know, near uh, elite level, um, that next tier. You know, you got you obviously got the Kentuckys and the Dukes and Michigan Stages up in that tier and those teams that have kind of been, you know, that, that, that ongoing presence in the, in the top five. But in recent years, Michigan has just um, put together uh, incredible runs, uh, getting to the finals and, and making noise to the tournaments and winning big 10 tournaments and, and really in having players go on to the league, but just really being a solid program all through and through. Um, and he moves on and, you know, Jawan comes uh, back. Um, and it was just so f- refreshing to kind of, you know, here's some names who, you know, those of who grew up around the program in, in Ann Arbor, you know, to, to hear, you know, people you haven't heard, even though they might have been involved on a quiet tip, but, you know, people like, you know, Antoine Jobert, uh, Gary Grant, you know, these guys were national names in their day. You know, uh, Antoine Jobert was probably um, one of the, the highly ranked, he, I think he was the number one player in the country coming out of high school. Um, I remember watching him in high school uh, uh, going when the, when the championship was at Chrysler Arena. Uh, before it was the Chrysler Center, um, scored 50 uh, points in the state championship. He had one deep off, he had two deep off the glass, um, and then went on to Michigan um, and, 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 and killed. And Gary Grant was one of the top players in the country. I remember sitting courtside watching him uh, in his first game against Kansas um, and, uh, and uh, putting on a performance as a freshman, uh, going on and have a great uh, NBA career. So now you see the reengagement of, some of those alums in a different way that Juwan can do. So it was it's special to kind of see that. I don't know if you had a chance to look at the press conference, uh, Darnell, and kind of see that uh, energy. Now, you know, he was able to, you know, make his statement and be there. But I don't know if you had a chance to, to, to watch that and have a reaction. And, and actually he made a, a nod to Coach Izzo, who actually texted him and, and congratulated him as well. Uh, I know you're a Michigan State Sparty fan. I didn't, but what's understood doesn't need to be explained. Um, John yeah. Howard's back at um, he's back in Ann Arbor, and he's going to bring a lot of attention. And hopefully they can. Um, well, they're already a good program, so hopefully he can um, keep keep going what's going on, take him to the next level, and do what he plans to do. I'm rooting for him. Even yeah. though I'm a state fan, I hope um, I hope Juwan and them the um, most success they can have. Yeah, well, no, I didn't. I, you hit it right on thing. You know, you you've been around this. You know, there's so much talent. You know, like you're right there, and I, I know you like you're you're in it. And iron sharpens iron, and that kind of competition, uh, fight in that space, I think will be good for basketball in Michigan. Um, there's plenty of talent to go around uh, in a place like Michigan. Um, 
you know, I'm excited about his ability to reach into Chicago um, and, and, and other places. Uh, you know, his work being, you know, having that presence down south with the population growth in places like Florida and, 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 and Texas and other places where, you know, his name also carries and he's kind of been to all these, you know, being in, he's, he's got these roots because he's traveled in these different communities. Um, you know, so, I, you know, he's going to compete in his own backyard fiercely, uh, but he has that national recruiting web. But, but the, 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 you know, there's that respect, I can tell, um, that it's going to happen between the program that will be maintained, I think, happen between Beeline and Izzo, um, you know, that they competed, you know, on the court, their teams went at it. But I think there was always this really good respect between the coaches, and I think that would continue with, with Howard. Uh, in another place where that isn't as respectful and something's going on, you know, uh, Houston took it on the chin. We all know that. Um, losing in game six to Golden State without uh, 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 KD uh, uh, on the floor. Um, and the owner, uh, uh, Fertitta, walked off and uh, in his post-game interview said that that loss at home against the Warriors was just, in his words, unacceptable, um, which has triggered Daryl Morey, which, you know, I've been critical of Daryl. People find me on Twitter um, you know, uh, I've been critical of his, his strongly held um, analytics approach to the game uh, without um, uh, adjusting for qualitative information, you know. Uh, but uh, the one thing I'll say about Daryl Morey, because he can always be my manager, is that he, not, he don't back up an inch. That he is, he is dedicated to winning. This is a guy who, who's never going to be in tanking mode. I mean, if you are a Houston Rockets fan, and, 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 and any fan would have him as your GM. Now, you know, you may have some struggles sometimes depending on who the coach and getting over the top, but you're always going to be in it because he's going to fight. Whatever the, the budget is, whatever, he's going to try and maximize it. Um, and so uh, the statement, he's going nuclear. Everybody, possibly not Harden, is on trading block. And it could be a scenario where Harden's on the trading block. Obviously, with their situation, it's hard to move Chris Paul because – of his salary and what he's owed at the end of that. Um, and when you look at that, I mean, not too many teams are going to take it. There might be a team who's risking it maybe if they're close and they Paul can get them over the top, but it's a real tough contract for other folks to, to, to take. Um, they've been negotiating. Um, you know, Mike uh, D'Antoni wants an extension. Uh, those negotiations officially, uh, Mike said he's going to discontinue it. Uh, reports came out that they offered him uh, an extension with $5 million a year, with an incentive of a million dollars for each round he wins, um, which could uh, amount to uh, a nine million dollar a year contract, uh, which fits who the owner. This owner is about earn your keep. So he gave him a baseline. Um, you know, uh, Dean Tony didn't like that. Which you know, if I'm Dean Tony, if you're gonna bet, bet on yourself. If you're that good, you know you're gonna at least get seven rounds. I can get to the second round. You'll have seven million on it. Uh, so he didn't want to do that. Um, let me just. Push to you, uh, Darnell. Um, you know, if you're Daryl Murray, given the construction of his roster and given the style that they seem to be committed to playing next year, what moves do you make? Well, the real question is what moves can you make? Because or what moves with can you um, make? the contract, yeah, with the contract you gave um, Chris Ball, they're kind of strapped on cash. So, like, who um, should you add another defender? That would probably be a good idea. Um, add another player that can score from like the low post area or mid or the mid range area because all their shots seem like um 
it's either isolation or a three. And I know that's the system, but um, when you're playing in the playoffs and you're playing against a very good defensive team, you might not be able to get that shot every time because teams are going to be able to key in on it. So you have to be able to make um, – make and take shots that um they, that they are giving to you. So I'll probably say a, a shot creator that can score from the um post area to the mid range area. I, I think you may I mean you I mean you hit so many good gems in that response. Um you know I, I think you're right along along with that. I think one of the things I've been talking to people that, you know, the style that Houston plays works great in the regular season. Will work with most teams in the playoffs because you can overwhelm them with some of the talent differences. Where it gets in trouble is when you get to the when you get to the right before the goal. And usually at those points you're playing teams who are their their um uh their efficiency, their uh, when you look at the total efficiency, when you combine offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency, those are usually the teams who are in the final they're they're both high on the offensive efficiency side and high on the defensive efficiency side. And when you're predictable the predictability matters in the last three minutes. And if you go back, I'll, I'll ask anybody to go back and watch that series. A lot of games, when, when it got close in the last three minutes, when, uh, you know, they were down two or down one, but because your system says you only shoot layups or three-pointers, look at how many times when they needed, let's say no, when they were down six, like a minute and something left, look how much time they wasted when Golden State took away the layup and so how many times did Paul or, uh, or uh, Harden have to dribble back out to the three-point line, giving up on a three-point? And, and there was a couple times where Paul just shot the shot from the free-throw line and made it twice um, because that was a shot that was given. And then watch Golden State. Even though they shoot a lot of threes, watch Golden State when they're making a run back. They took the best shot available. And at that point, it's the mid-range. Before KD got hurt, he takes a lot of mid-range shots when they're there. Uh, Steph will take mid-range shots. They take the, they take their threes. They get their layups, but they take, like you say, they take the best shot available. When you start to constrict the space in the moment, you find the best shot available. And so, part of it is, can you make tweaks? The other thing, um, and I remember Jalen Rose, who played for Dan Tony, is the one thing I think Morey did really good was get him the defensive coordinator. The other thing, and this is the hard part when you're so committed to it and you're trying to prove this, when you are the innovator, it's a leader, I mean, I've been in this, um, to know that there's a time when you have to make some tweaks to your thinking and your philosophy to address this. And if you make those tweaks, then your roster might look different. And so I think there's a, you know, some of it is how do you expand some of the play of some of the people you have on the existing roster in addition to the things you said. So, I, you know, I've been watching Young uh, Rivers. And I think Young Rivers has the ability to be the next Lou Williams type guy. This guy can put buckets up. He can defend. Um, you know, he had an interesting trajectory coming out of Duke, being a highly talented player. I think he had to learn a lot. I think that was part of his friction with Chris Paul uh, in uh, Clipperland. But you could see he and Chris Paul and their relationship was a little bit different. You know, part of his growing up, getting away from your parents, living in Houston, you know, he and Chris engaged, reengaging in a different space. Um, but I think there's a way that they can expand his role. You know, sometimes continuity, letting a guy like that stay and, and get into the groove, I think he can be a difference maker um, along with and, and, and figuring out late in the game, it can't just be about Harden. I think when they were at their best, um, not last year, they had much more ball movement. Um, 
and it wasn't just isolation, but they had a lot more ball movement. And I think they got to they got to get back to that ball movement. I think sometimes Harden is holding the ball too time, too much. When he's not holding the ball, he's disinterested. So some of this comes into how do you? It's not just a symptom. How do you make adjustments in, in the implementation, and how do you broaden the accountability? There's times when James Harden got to be accountable to be a better teammate when he's off the ball, because when he's disinterested, his defensive his defensive player who's guard him becomes another factor because Harden isn't spotting up the same way Chris Paul is spotting up. And I think that was part of the friction that they had at the end of the series. So some of this is about how do you make better what you have and how do you hold people accountable in ways that were different that can create a different result. But I think in addition to that, I think the things you said uh, were right on point, man. Those are good points. And so we're going we're gonna to continue to track this um, and see where it goes, but we want to do it. We're getting the cipher. The cipher today, the title of the show, Spicy P goes historic, and the others go silent for the uh, for the Warriors. Who's Spicy P? Boy, that Pascal Siakam, boy, oh, my goodness. That was 82% historic last night. He just buckets. He went in on your boy from Michigan State, Draymond. Point Draymond's like, I got to do something about it. I mean, that's like a cat uh, at the park where you just say, I ain't got nothing for him on defense today. He's just giving it to me. And you go home, and you, you can't sleep at night. You've been there. You play on Saturday mornings. You know, some days you go in and play a guy, he's just giving you buckets all day. Everybody looking at you like, can't you do something about him? And then you know you can't get back to him until the next Saturday y'all play. You know that guy, don't you, young Darnell? You know that guy. That's what he was doing. Like, like Draymond ain't going to be in his sleep, you know, tonight. He didn't sleep last night. He ain't going to be asleep tonight. He ain't going to be asleep tomorrow night because he can be thinking, this guy just gave me buckets and they talking all that kind of junk. Was past? I mean, did you expect this? No, none of us expect this. But what do you think about the way he played? Well, of course I didn't expect it. But um, watching him play, a lot of people are talking like this is a fluke or he can't repeat this. But I think he can because those moves that he was doing, they were very confident. They were very deliberate, and um, he's a legit six eleven seven footer going against a guy that's six seven. So, like, uh, I know Draymond is a, a very good defender. He's great. Um, he has a very high basketball IQ, but at the same time, he um, doesn't necessarily match up with him lift-wise. So, when he uh, when Siakam can really um, commit to a move, at the same time, Siakam is um, very extremely fast for a guy his his size. Like, he runs like a gazelle. But, um, That's right. He... Um, especially like those hooks, like um, when he was in the post and he when he was able to shoot the hook shot, there's nothing yeah. he can really Draymond can really do about that. He can't really contest the shot because he's six eleven, you're six seven, so that's just how it is. So um, that's the one thing we're gonna have to look at with um, Kevin Durant because um, if Kevin Durant was there, I don't think that would necessarily be happening. So you can throw get Kevin Durant on it because he can um, he can match him length wise. But that's right with um. Draymond go in, I don't know if that's going to work. But um, yeah. the biggest thing with um, Pascal Siakam was um, the transition offense because he was getting on the break, he was leaking out. But um, that, that was the um, the gift and the curse for um, Golden State because Golden State, if you see the way they were scoring was um, they were missing a lot of the first shots, but they were scoring a lot of second-chance opportunities. They'll get the offensive rebound and kick it out for another three. But um, once that started working, they everybody started crashing the glass. But once they were crashing the glass, um, Toronto would leak out. And um, when Toronto would get a rebound, 
it was Eric throwing quick passes, and Siakam was easy. He can get down the court and get easy baskets. So that's something you have to look out for. Yeah, and I think you know, you know, with with, with the Raptors hosting their first game last night, you know, actually that was historic, and and to see Siakam come out there, and then you know, you also got a lot of these other guys. I mean, Gasol was, you know, he was like that old cat in the gym hitting that jumper from the top of the key, just money. The guy you like to have. There's no one to make the shot. He's rebounding. He's getting out. Um, you know, he doesn't have to worry about on a uh, – he can really be aggressive on the screen and roll because he doesn't have to worry about the, the guy who's screening really, really being an offensive threat. Um, he can play off. Um, you have Van Fleet. Um, I think he hit four threes, one off the glass. That was credible. Everybody in Rockford – I thought I heard everybody from Rockford yelling when he hit that shot. Uh, Rockford, Illinois, where he's from, Auburn High School. Uh, you know, he, he was on his game. And then we had a Danny Green sighting. And the thing that people have to remember is that some of these guys like Gasol, Danny Green, Kawhi, you know, they used to play against Golden State. They're not intimidated. Like, this is, they don't see Steph in them and get nervous. They've competed. They've beaten them. And, you know, you know Gasol with the grindhouse. And so they got some guys who walk into this, walk into this finals like, you know, they're not, they respect them, but they, they don't fear them. And they got some youngins, the people like Van Fleet, who got that old man spirit, like wisdom beyond their age who just are, like, always even killed. And then you got the unsung hill. People don't talk about because we always focus on scoring. But Kyle Lowry, I call him the pit bull. The, 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 like, this little guy is taking charges. He he gets in there and gets rebounds. He's making all the dirty plays. And I think we had about nine or ten assists last night. And that, he's like that glue, that toughness uh, that's there. And so they got so many more pieces. And so part of this is, like, the others for uh, Golden State, and I want to get your sense of them. You look at them, you know, uh, uh, obviously, you know, Iggy got a little hurt later in the game, but he was open on threes. He was making them. You know, they bring guys off the bench. It doesn't seem like the Golden State has any consistent score, like guys you can bank on who are like two-way players coming off the bench. You know, you know, they, they tried uh, to give my man Boogie, who I love, um, you know, some, some, some play, but, you know, obviously he's going to need more court time. He will, he, you know, he's not. You don't know what you're gonna get from him. Are you, are you seeing anything from Golden State? I know you picked. I think you picked Golden State in seven. Um, you know, barring KD coming back, what do you, where are you seeing the offense coming from beyond Clay and stuff that's consistent? Well, that's well. Outside of Clay and stuff, you're not gonna get anything that's consistent because that's the downfall of having a, having a super team with superstar players at the front because um. In the NBA, we have something called a salary cap. And when um, Steph Curry is a max player, KD's a max player, you got um, Clay Thompson on your team. I know DeMarcus doesn't make that much money, but at the same time, the rest of your players are guys like Alfonso McKay, who did hit he did hit a couple of good shots yesterday. But you still have um, died, other guys like Livingston guy. that's getting older. Yep. Yeah, Livingston's getting older. Iguodala is older. He's getting hurt. You have guys like Kevon Looney. That they, these guys are um are good in their roles. They're specialists, but that's what they're there for. So like they're not necessarily guys that are going to be able to do uh, multiple uh necessarily going to be able to do multiple things because just that's just the way that they're built. But um in my opinion, if Kevin Durant doesn't come back, I don't see the Warriors winning the series. That's all. Yeah, that's they, what I think. But I think I think you're right yep. on. I see I see McKinney will have to be what Powell was for uh, the Raptors in these uh, previous rounds. 
because I think he's the only player that I've seen that I think has the ability. You know, he's about a year away, but he has the ability to give you 18. And he could give you 18 for three straight nights if you give him the right kind of minutes. Because the rest of the guys are playing more in their minutes. You know, as Hubie Brown used to say, you know, people think, you, you know, people say, well, if they only play more minutes. But people don't understand that more minutes comes with stress. And when you're older, you know, Iguodala, those guys, they're good. You know, you, if you you, uh, you think about uh, when, uh, uh, remember that we were watching a film on Rocky III, um, and uh, they were watching film on Clubber Lang. And uh, what did your boy say? He said, you know, we, we got about, he said, we got about six, seven rounds, and then after that, we'll be out of gas. Cause you'll have, you know what I'm saying? They, one of the, like, these guys, they have an expiration date in the game. And you can already see it with Iguodala and those guys. Like a year ago, two years ago, you would have been all right. But they can't play extended minutes and, and be that productive the way they've had to do over these past six games and make it pay off. So you need a kid like McKinney to, like, rise, give you another five to seven minutes of real big production, particularly on the offensive end. He's about the only guy I see who can just, who can be like Powell. You think that could happen? Yeah, so um, you said he could, he's a guy that can average 18 a game. And I don't see that because um, I don't I don't see him being able to create his own shot. And the only way he uh, he he really scores is off of just like easy dump offs, dunks, or uh, open threes. So I don't know if he's necessarily going to be your 18 point a game scorer, but he's a guy that can knock down shots for you. But I don't yeah, know but if that's going to be enough. Him, if, you put him, if you put him where Iggy was missing the shot, you see what I'm saying? That's how Iggy right. got his 78. Like just like you saying it, he gets an open shot. If he's the one knocking him down. Now that's a different game, right? Versus Iggy missing them. You, you see the what I'm saying? The key for me is, um, yep. The key for me is, I wonder um, if later on in the series, can um, Demarcus Cousins find some some sort of rhythm? Like if he if he can get going a little bit, um, he can be the guy that you could um, when um, Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson are getting trapped off the screens and stuff, you could just dump it, dump it down to him and the. Um, Mid post, and he can um, he can operate. They, if they double him, he can pass it out. He's an excellent passer. So I wonder if he can um, get his legs under him, if he can um, swing the series. Yeah, I think you, and you get into my next point about the kind of keys to victory, and I and I think one of my keys to victory, if I had three keys to victory for for both teams, I think for Golden State, it's what happens with Demarcus Cousins from now to Sunday. Do you get him more court time? Do you get him on where he's feeling a little bit more rhythm so he can do exactly what you said? Can can you can you do you? He's, he's had a chance to expose him to play. He was able to get out there. Now, what kind of work are you doing between now and Sunday for him? And even if you lose Sunday, does that does that momentum between now Sunday? I don't know. The next game is probably what um, probably uh, uh, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. You know, when you go back. By the by, the game three now is he at a full enough tank to do exactly what you're doing. The other thing I think uh, 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 they they said it best in terms of you can see it is fast big points, being able to get back on defense and and and, and forcing Toronto to earn everything they're gonna get in the half court, take away the easy buckets. You got to be able to do that. And I think the third thing, and people have been debating this today, but I think you almost got to you you almost got to do it is. Um, because Kawhi is ailing a little bit, just cover him. Get your best defender you want to put on him. Cover him, and then D up everybody else. And if Kawhi goes for forty, 
And if you can really limit in, in where your help might be is on on Pascal, you know, and, and let Kawhi go for 40 and make Pascal make decisions and, and get, make those other guys go, you might see some changes like that defensively. On on, on uh, the Raptors' side, continue to push and make uh, both, um, you know, uh, Clay and um, and Steph work. Force these guys' confidence and see if they're going to make shots um, on that. And then the big thing I would say is that uh, – from the beginning, the, the Raptors have got to de- uh, really pay attention to the defensive glass. Like you said, get, take away them second shots so that you don't give them other opportunities to get confidence. If they miss, they miss. Make that way on them. Only you know, keep them to one shot uh, and, and do that. And then be in attack mode. Push. You know, Siakam, if you get out there, you, you, you might be the one-man break. Uh, really push um, and, and get to them that way and keep putting the pressure on them. You know, those are the ways I might see what they got to do to win in, in, in game two from both teams. What are some other things that you might see need to happen um, in, uh, in in game two? I mean, uh, in terms of adjustment. Well, for the Warriors, you have to um, a way to, um, in my opinion, because um, they're running a lot with Draymond at point, but um, the, with Curry moving off. Off the ball, a lot of the um, contact isn't really being called as fouls because um, he's off the ball. So if he has the ball and he's coming off screens, you see he was able to draw a lot of fouls. So I'll have him being on the ball more to kind of force the ref hand so he could get um, the fall, Siakam, and then in solid trouble. So when they're in solid trouble, they can be, you're forcing them to be less aggressive and try to deal with them that way. And if I'm um, Toronto, what I want to do is do a lot more of the same that we were doing before. I don't know, want to run in, tra- run in transition, limit possession for um, Golden State, and um, pretty much um, play it like that. Um, the role players have to step up. They have to hit their open shots and continue to play good defense like they have been doing all season. You listen to RSG One Mike. You're here with uh, Darnell and uh, D. Wills, Devon Wilson. Um, uh, we're here without Hank. Hank is on uh, IR. He's uh, reco- he's recovering. Uh, we hope we can make it back. Uh, like Katie, we hope we can make it back for for for, for game two or game three. Uh, uh, but we're gonna keep it moving. We're gonna try. And, uh, Darnell and I are gonna try and hit that 60, 65 point mark so that we can we can keep things going. Um, we were going to talk about this a little bit before the finals, but, you know, I'll probably frame this question a little bit differently um, because so much of these finals are not just about uh, the stars. It's about, you know, the Steve Kerr who hits the, who hits the shot uh, when he's playing with Mike against Phoenix. You know, it's about the Robert Ori. It's about, you know, these other guys who, who, who make these plays and step up, you know, um, and, and, and make ha- things happen. Um as you're seeing this, who are the, the folks that you believe uh, uh, either or uh, who's the person that you're saying, you know, this guy, this other is really going to assert himself, you know, here in the finals? Who are which team? Who is it? I'm, I'm saying for which team are you talking about that's going to make team. a difference? Either team. Either team. It doesn't make well, a difference or you can talk both. Well, Siakam doesn't count as the other, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, that. 
Yeah, I call him a bad. Yeah, I'm going um, between um, Danny Green and Van Vliet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would say. Be, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you got it. I, I think I was saying between those two, I think those are two guys who um, might be able to go and, 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 and make it happen as uh, as the other. If I were going to look for someone at uh, Golden State, and this is like a grow up moment, um, I think it's McKinney. You know, I think this is a guy who got a little bit of confidence. Um, you know, even if they get um, KD back, he hasn't played in a while. You're still going to need somebody to cup up. You're not going to have Iggy at full strength. Um, you're going to need somebody that, who can make a difference on a consistent basis. Um, he seems to be the one who plays with a level of confidence and, and kind of not really recklessness, but kind of just fits in. Uh, but I think McKinney might be that guy who makes that timely shot, who gets that steal, who gets that rebound, who gets that dunk, or who you know who, who gets that follow-up, um, keeps possessions going. Uh, if you're looking on, on the Golden State side, that's kind of that, that next version of what Iggy has been to the team, that youngin that is bringing himself uh, up here. But, yeah, I think Denny, uh, uh, Danny Green and uh, uh, Van Fleet, um, you know, these are guys who uh, are ready for the moment. Expressions don't change. Uh, a guy like Danny Green, when you think about where he started from Carolina and the kind of uh, the, the, just the, um, the way that Pop wrote him early um, and what he's become as a player, on both ends of the court, you know that those two are are, are really good choices. Um, you mentioned before, like um, you and I talked about it when we were uh, live on Facebook. Uh, so before the, before the series, who uh, how did you have it go? Who did you have winning the series, and how many games? I had Warriors and Celtics, but I had uh, but I also picked Toronto in the first game because I knew with the, it being um, their first finals game ever in front of. Um, the Toronto crowd, I thought the Toronto Raptors would play inspired basketball. And then you see a lot of guys um, um, show up and play very um, – they're going to show up and play very well, and that's pretty much what happened. So uh, I have one prediction right, and let's see how, let's see how it plays out. Yeah, I had uh, Toronto in seven. And, and part of it, I said, this series feels to me a lot like um, – uh, I think it was 2004 when the uh, uh, Lakers were playing against uh, the rise in Detroit Pistons. And um, uh, I remember talking to um, uh, my man Marcus Flowers, a game changer. It was actually at a bachelor party before he was getting married. And uh, with his college coach, who was a good friend of mine, he's a young one, we were arguing at the table. And I said, there's something about there's a different energy when you come to Detroit. There's a different energy. I don't think people understand and the way that these guys play. And people had so much hype. That was a team that had Kyle Malone, Gary Payton. You know, they had loaded up, you know, Shaq and Kobe coming back to try to do this. And I remember in game one, Kyle Malone was going, arguing, going out. You could see it on the sidelines on, right before the game was about to start uh, with a fan from Detroit. And I was like, I, I told you. And there was just um, – the Lakers weren't prepared for the defensive intensity that w- that 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 uh, that Detroit was bringing, and they were always trying to play catch up. And they had been kind of getting by up until that point. But there was at that point you couldn't meet that intensity. And I think um, because the 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 Pistons had a couple of you know, guys like Chauncey, guys like Rip Hamilton, these guys who were you know star level kind of guys. 
but they had a whole bunch of other guys where there were no drop-offs. And that's why I think about Toronto. You got Kawhi, you got Siakam, uh, you got Kyle Lowry and these guys, but you also got a whole bunch of other guys where when they're playing, there's not a lot of drop-offs. Like, they come in, ain't no drop-off. And they play at a level of intensity. And I think the Milwaukee series did so much for this Toronto team and both those teams play at a level, higher level of the, uh, intensity that you, you that that you didn't really see that level. I think coming for for Golden State coming through the Western Conference uh, side of it, and uh, I think that's going to be part of it that they're going to realize like that this team just ain't going away. They just ain't going away, and I think um, and you're just not going uh, you're not going to Jedi mind trick them like you did Portland. Um, like you did Houston. They, they ain't falling for the Jedi mind trick. They ain't falling for the banana in the, in the tailpipe. And so I think that's what um, why I picked them in seven. But I, it's going to be a fight because, as Rudy Tom Jonathan said, you can't underestimate the heart of a champion. And, uh, you know, Steph and them got heart. So you you got you to, you, you know, as we talk about boxing, you got to take the belt from the champ. They're not going to just give it up. But I think Toronto, like that new dog champion, got that kind of heart. And a lot of it comes with Kawhi. We haven't even seen the best of Kawhi in this. And there's something about Kawhi that none of this stuff shakes him. And in a way that even great other great players look at him, and maybe because he don't say much, they are always weary. They're hoping he don't explode. <laughs> and there's something about him that he gets so much respect in ways that other stars don't get respect. So we'll see. Um, I think you made some great points. Um, this has been a great uh, show. Uh, we're going to, to, to wrap this up. You know, we don't have Hank here, so I'm going to drop the mic. And so this is going to be dropping the mic with D. Wilts. Um, as I said before, you know, um, uh, earlier segment, um, it was just so good to see um, Jalen Rose and uh, Juwan Howard uh, on TV today talking. And what was so amazing about the story and, and, and uh, really speaks about uh, when you start to layer and, and really kind of judge when Jalen was – describing, you know, how their friendship began. I mean, it was funny when he um, talked about uh, the fact that their teams, his team from Chicago came up to play his team in Detroit, and at the end of the game, they, they, both the teams got into a fight. Uh, and then, you know, how they came together in the McDonald's All-American game and kind of cleared out, rearranged the room so they could sit down, have a conversation, and talk about, you know, how they were going to go to Michigan and what they were going to do to dominate. Um, the summers where he would go to Chicago with Juwan and, um, you know, every summer and spend time in Chicago with him. Um, you know, the run they obviously had as teammates and just the bond and the love. And, you know, I think, you know, for all of us who have, you know, I feel like this is what, you know, folks I grew up who are my teammates in high school where, you know, when we get together, uh, that bond is beyond the game. Um, that, you know, when you have this kind of brotherly bond, bond where people are in the foxhole, no matter what happened in your life, um, they are there to support you and help push you forward. Um, that's an amazing thing to, uh, to, to witness. And um, I think um, watching Juwan's press conference, I think communicates something different than I've, I've seen in a press conference, even a press conference of someone coming back as, uh, to their alma mater, um, was this communication. And I'm and looking forward to, you know, the Michigan players being able to get this part of it, as something different, is what it means to have these powerful relationships what it means to have these things that are unconditional. Um, a lot of you, 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 a lot of you uh, uh, know what that means to have those friendships that are unconditional, non-judgmental. but I'm just there for you, whatever you need. And those are things that we need to be thinking about life. And so, you know, that's 
where I, that's one of the points where I think I hope that um, kind of art and sport imitates life. You know, that one of the things that it pulled from is that, you know, um, these good friendships, these people are here with you every day, um, that, that's a blessing. And I hope that uh, we all take a moment here on this, uh, uh, on this day and every day to think about those people we have around us who have been part of our uh, support network, um, our board of directors who have been there day to day, thick and thin, um, and make sure you reach out to them and drop them a note and just say, hey, thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. Thank you for being there uh, and being there unconditionally. Make sure you reach out to that person and let them know why they're special in your lives in the way that you see that these two men have done for themselves, with themselves for the past 25, 26 years. That's it for RSG. One mic. Until next time, this is D. Wills and Darnell, and on behalf of my man Hank, who can be here, uh, have a nice day. Until next time.